1: welcome to three yards per carry a podcast covering the miami dolphins and the nfl now here's your hosts chris alf and simon
2: all right and welcome to three yards per carry i am kajan chisholm this is not alfredo artiaga this is not simon clancy and this is not chris kaufman or as i like to call him christ uh, it is Chen Chisholm. Joining me, of course, is Merrick Brave and Joshua Houts. We'll be taking over for through IPC for the month of June. Before I get into anything, I just want to give a huge shout out to the guys for enlisting trust in me to kind of try to steer the ship again for another year while they go and take a much, much deserved break during the month of June and kind of give the reins over to us. Different crew this time, but we're still going to try to give you the best product as we possibly can and have a great month of June. Um, before we get into anything, before I let them give them their thoughts, opinions, and let them introduce themselves to anyone who doesn't know them already, remember, as always, we're sponsored by Picks. You can use the code 5, that is F-I-V-E-5, 5, at Picks. deposit $100, and they give you $100. A one-time rollover. You got to bet once. That's it. Just bet once. So remember to go to prize picks and use the code 5. That is F-I-V-E. And also, Better Edge. That dot com slash 5Reasons. And you can get $20 just for signing up. I mean, this is free money. Got to go ahead and do it. Um, Merrick, do you want to kind of give a little bit of an intro and kind of let the people know who you are for those who don't?
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, I also want to thank uh, Chris Alf, and Simon for allowing me to be a part of this podcast. Been a fan for a long time. I've uh, been listening for, for years now, so happy to be guest hosting alongside you two fine gents. Uh, like uh, Kai said, you can find me on Twitter at mbrave13. You can also find my work on finsider.com, P-H-I-N-S-I-D-E-R, uh, and on YouTube, uh, Dolphins Detail, along with Jake Mentel, Mendel, excuse me, uh, and uh, sometimes on another Dolphins podcast, uh, Wednesdays with Merrick alongside Houts and Jake as well. Joshua?
3: Yeah, I think he, you both pretty much stole what I wanted to say. I just wanted to thank uh, Simon, Alf, and CK for giving us this chance and to uh, be able to come on here and talk about the Miami Dolphins with you guys. So, like Kai said, follow me on Twitter, at Houts. Uh, Merritt pretty much plugged everything else, so you can go check that stuff out. Too. Oh,
1: shoot. I was going to talk about my wrestling stuff, too, but I completely forgot. So, maybe go we'll ahead. save that for another time. Bring it up. bring, no, up. No, bring just, it
2: up. Bring it up.
1: I, I mean, I was just going to say, if, if any listeners out there are wrestling fans, I've been a professional wrestler for 20 years um and i run a professional wrestling school along somebody alongside somebody you might have heard of uh, seth rollins of wwe world heavyweight champion seth rollins of wwe so if you're if you're a wrestling
2: fan check us out at black and brave on twitter as well finally you know i i know you know everyone has their own opinions on wrestling here I mean, I, i'm trying to stay in my own little world but all i'm gonna say is you know finally there's a champion on the raw brand but uh anyways if you don't follow <laughs> wrestling we won't get into it but um uh, just on, Babe,
1: uh, let's do the whole episode on wrestling oh, Kai. let's could. just we let's really throw a
2: curveball at these guys for <laughs> us me they we really could <laughs> um so just just one last little thing you know, I know the the thank yous and everything everyone wants to get into football uh for me personally as someone who kind of stopped doing a lot of of audio stuff and stopped doing a lot of kind of sports things and just kind of step you know took a step back uh it means a lot for me personally that the the three guys would uh kind of bring me back and be able to do this again, so it's really nice to sit down and record. I haven't done it in quite some time, so it's good to be back. But, gentlemen, we we have not, like, too, too much to talk about about the Dolphins. Like, there are things happening, you know, practices now are starting to, you know, go through. We're starting to get, you know, where we're going to do joint practices during the preseason. But one thing that I kind of mentioned to you guys today that I think is really good to bring up, and, uh, House, I'll let you go first on this one. The Miami sports fandom right now, and I, I'm bringing in the Florida Panthers to Miami. I know they play in Broward County, and it's a completely different thing but I'm bringing them in to this kind of topic of conversation. Miami sports is going very crazy right now. And what do you think the dolphins have to do to match that energy? What do you think during the summer and just kind of during the season that they need to do? Because the heater in the finals, the Panthers are in the Stanley cup finals and both teams could have a a really good chance to win the whole thing. What do the dolphins need to do to match that?
3: Yeah. I mean, if I'm being cliche, they need to stay healthy, right? I mean, this is probably the most talented roster that we've seen on paper and Oh man, Kai, you're young. It's probably been your whole life since you've seen a team like this. But they just need to stay healthy and go out there and live up to the potentials. What I would say. But um, you know, in years past, I might have been that guy, that angry Dolphins fan that might be rooting against some of the South Florida sports teams. You know, uh, feeling a bit jealous. I completely feel differently now that I'm older. I was sitting there rooting for the Heat last night. Um, actually turned on that Florida Panthers game. I think it was the fourth overtime. A little bit scared to tweet out that I was watching it because I thought maybe I'd be the one that you know uh, jinxed them and they ended up losing that game. But they ended up winning um so I, I love what's going on down there in south florida i guess just me being superstitious part of me wonders uh is god gonna let the miami dolphins also join in on that success right the miami Heat are now in the finals <laughs> the the florida panthers are headed to the stanley cup you know are they going to let the Dolphins go out there win a playoff game for once, you know, maybe compete for the Lombardi trophy. I don't know, but I think honestly what they need to do is just build upon what they did last season, live up to that potential and ultimately stay healthy because we can sit here and talk about it till we're blue in the face. But if number one QB one doesn't stay healthy, goes out for any period of time, um, you know, that can be the dagger in the Dolphins season. So that would be my answer. What about you, Merrick?
1: Let us pray. Let us pray. Uh, actually. Yeah. I sit here uh, in my home in Davenport, Iowa, wearing, a throwback Miami heat Jersey today in honor of their game seven victory over the Boston Celtics, because you know, we're on three YPC we can cuss now, but fuck Boston and fuck all things, Boston. I hate Boston. I hate the Patriots. I hate the red Sox I hate the Celtics. I don't really watch hockey, but we're going to say fuck the Bruins too, because let's go Miami. I got a a number 33 throwback Alonzo morning Jersey on right now that I got in 1998, 25 years ago. But in the nineties, Joshua, remember Kai, you you you're a little too young for this, but in the nineties, we wore our clothes, super baggy, super, super baggy. So my, my 12 year old body was wearing this baggy Alonzo morning Jersey. And now my, Damn near 37-year-old body can still fit in this thing. But but Josh, you stole my answer. This team needs to stay healthy. I mean, not just Tua, but that entire secondary was ravaged last year. So you bring in Jalen Ramsey, you know, you you are banking on the development of Cater Kohu, and you're banking on guys like Xavier Howard to stay healthy. He he had a couple of groin injuries last year. He's getting up there in age and You know, speaking from experience, as you get older, those injuries start to pile up. So hopefully he can avoid the injury bug this season and the rest of that secondary can stay healthy. Because like you said, Josh, this is the most talented Miami Dolphins roster in my lifetime as well. Uh, And, and, you know, I I was around for the last you know, eight or nine years of the, the Dan Marino era, at least as a fan, I became a fan in, in 1991. So expectations are really, really high. And if the dolphins can follow in the footsteps of the Miami heat of the Florida Panthers and, and shoot, you can even go back to like the Miami hurricanes college uh, basketball team, men's basketball team, making the final four there. Uh, if the dolphins can follow those footsteps, I think we're in for a very exciting time as dolphins fans.
2: You mentioned the Miami hurricanes and it made me so sad. As a Florida Gators fan, I can't, I could can never acknowledge the Miami hurricanes. It just it, <laughs> it pains me to do so. I mean, I think I, I I agree with you guys with with staying healthy. I think one of the most prevalent and important things that the Dolphins are gonna face, besides the injury factor and the fact that we did have I mean, you mentioned it, the the secondary, how it's mentioned it with you know QB1. Obviously, there are things there that just need to be tightened up, and and I I've had my own thoughts on how injuries have happened with the dolphins and fitness and everything like that. But we could go on for probably two hours about, about fitness stuff and we don't want to tear anybody down specifically, but I think consistency is, is key. And I think that the dolphins issue last year, besides injuries and besides certain things was just that one, one game, you're going to get a certain Miami dolphin. The next game, you weren't going to get that same Miami dolphin. And it seemed like for the first stretch before that San Francisco game, that you were like, okay, you know, the defense might falter, but the offense is putting up points. Like the Bears game is a perfect example. We might be down, but damn, now we have an offense that can put up points. Now we have an offense that can actually be there and give us something substantial. Then it just kind of turned into, all right, well, what are we going to get today? And obviously, injuries did, you know, play a big factor into it, but it was like, are we going to get this team that's undisciplined with penalties? are we gonna get this team that's holding on every single play that's having illegal men downfield on almost i feel like every single offensive play it felt like we were getting called for that consistently or are we gonna have the team that's buttoned up are we gonna have the team that's not gonna have all these constant penalties that's gonna keep the game together i it, like the biggest issue that dolphins have faced and i mean this has been obviously yeah you guys said i'm young you know, i'm only 25 years old so all i've witnessed with the dolphins is losing anyways but it's always consistency. I feel like besides the injury factor, it's just that one day, one game, you're going to get this dolphin team. The next game, you're going to get a different dolphin team. And it's just never, it's never there. I'm mean, one, one game last year specifically, you know, we have the running game it's going and it seems like, all right, this guy that we hired to be our head coach is the running game coordinator. is going to put the impact on running. And then the next game we're passing the ball 40, 50 times. Um, I would just like to see a consistent team. I think if we can get some consistency, both on offense and defense, That we'll be able to hit that. And one of the main factors with that consistency, I feel that we'll be able to see this season is we do have a new defensive coordinator in Vic Fangio. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts on what he brings to the table? Just obviously from what we know of Vic Fangio to be, but can he kind of hone in that defense and kind of you know fix a few of the minor issues that we do have?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, Vic Fangio, people are kind of underrating that higher this off season, you know, like you got the flashy trade for, for Jalen Ramsey. And, and, you know, a lot of people are really, really high on Devon a chain on that offense, but you got to look at the defensive side of the football. That's where the team uh, was being let down last season. So Vic Fangio, one of the, the greatest defensive coordinators in the history of the game, every stop he's been to, he has turned around, the defenses that he's been in charge of. And I, I think you're going to see the same thing in Miami. I think you're going to see him, you know, pay attention to the details. I think you're going to see a coach that Mike McDaniel can lean on, you know, Vic Fangio, head coaching experience you know it wasn't the best record that he had in Denver but he does have that experience he's been in the league for almost 40 years so Mike McDaniel can lean on Vic Fangio for some of the things that he needs to clean up as a head coach but as far as the defense goes this is going to be a much improved defense under the tutelage of Vic Fangio uh, and with those new additions in Jalen Ramsey and David Long I think this is going to be uh, a defense that shoots up the rankings. You're talking top ten defense, maybe even top five defense. You know, if if this team can stay healthy, like we talked about earlier.
2: You brought yeah, up a have- really quick house just because uh, he he brought up a great point in uh, kind of honing in Mike McDaniel, and I'll let you kind of speak on on the Vic Fangio thing, but I do want to get kind of pivot very very slightly before that, um, just because with the Mike McDaniel and he mentioned you know kind of having someone there that he can lean on i completely forgot about that in terms of the consistency part because i mean damn challenges timeouts like that was a a big thing you know having that inexperienced coach as much as i i stand for him after we uh let go of brian flores um he was a a big part of that consistency whether it was play calling or timeouts or challenges i mean he really did uh kind of have an effect on that um do you think and and also obviously touch on the Vic Fangio. do you think that Big Mike is going to be able to kind of hone those in this this season and be able to kind of bring back some consistency to, you know, being able to have that experience now.
3: Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, you guys both nailed everything with the Vic Fangio signing. I do think that was the biggest signing for this defense. I think he's going to work wonders for some of those young players. But one of the things that really stood out to me was Mike McDaniel even said this all season. You know, there were times I went back and looked at things I could have done differently. Kai, you mentioned the run game. There were times when it felt like it was working and the Dolphins just decided to abandon it late in the game. And, you know, that... Ultimately, was the Achilles heel. Um, so, I do think he's going to. He looked himself in the mirror this past all season. He's going to come back firing, realizing, you know, what mistakes he made. And um, we always talk about iron sharpening iron. I mean, back to the Vic Fangio thing, you're going against that defense every day in practice. I mean, you're not going to see many defenses throughout the NFL that are throwing better things at you each and every day, like he's going to see, you know, every day in practice. So, um, I do think Mike McDaniel can get that all under control. I hope, you know, there were times I think timeouts and challenges and things like that, he was just off. But we got to remember, you mentioned him being a run game coordinator. This was his first time ever calling plays. This was his first time as a head coach. He had a lot on his plate last year, and the Dolphins played pretty damn well um, for, throughout different stretches of the season. So I think with now Vic Fangio, that head coach on defense, now Mike McDaniel going into a second season, the different pieces they brought in I think a lot of that's going to come together and um you pretty much nailed everything I had written down Kai but the one thing we do have to mention is that offensive line is going to be you know could make or break this year and I mean, you mentioned injuries we all did that still to me is the thing that stands out as something that could make or break the Miami Dolphins season I don't know how you guys feel about that
2: it's gonna hurt us I mean I, I'm one that personally believes Uh, And again, without trying to be too harsh, I know that certain things can happen in, in everything. You can build an offensive line. You can build it in a certain mold. You can have your idea before you get onto the field. And you can have your idea before a pad start, before we get to see what everything actually is. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. And you can blame that on scouting. You can blame that on the front office with GM. Uh, the president of football operations, vice president of football, whoever you want to blame, I think that sometimes you have a plan, you set that out there, and then sometimes even injuries can just kind of derail it. Um, the biggest thing with our offensive line, and I think that it might be – I don't think – at this point, actually, I don't even think it's harsh because we how many years have we been saying, all oh, the Miami Dolphins offensive line? I mean, the year that we – Jay Ajayi was running for 200 yards in, what, three or four separate games – if we had a good offensive line, you know, maybe Tan Hill doesn't get killed as much. I mean, he was getting sacked like crazy just in general, whether that season or seasons prior. Um, and even now with Tua, you know, if we have offense, you could go on and on and on. Um, I think the biggest thing is you drafted guys and you put guys in positions where you're trying to put them into some, I would say, positions of power or you're saying these are the guys that we're going to trust. And yet those guys are failing. you. Guys like Liam Eikenberg, guys like Austin Jackson. They're not giving you what you were expecting out of them. And I think that just hurts. No matter, it doesn't matter who you sign at this point because, in my personal opinion, I think at least because we're just being left out to dry on the offensive line. Once one guy goes down, it doesn't feel like there's even a quality backup that you're like, ah, oh, you know what? We can get through two or three games with this guy. It just doesn't. It, there's not that feeling. Those. How guys do you guys feel? Just, how do you guys feel there.
1: about the Isaiah Wynn signing though? Do you feel like he can help in either of those spots? He has injury issues or right too. tackle. That's the only he sure thing. does. He sure does. I'm yeah, intrigued. Definitely. Uh, you know, even if he is signed just to be the backup to Teron Armstead at left tackle, because let's face it, Isaiah Wynn's Best tape comes at left tackle. Uh, he was relatively abysmal at right tackle. So uh, people yeah. who are hoping that he takes over for Austin Jackson, you might want to place your hope uh, elsewhere along that offensive <laughs> line. But even if Isaiah Wynn was signed just to be the backup to, teron armstead at left tackle he's going to see the field plenty because teron armstead has injury issues of his own and he's going to miss a handful of games this upcoming season i hope he does i hope he doesn't i hope i'm wrong yeah uh, don't put knock the jinx on, on us yeah for real. <laughs> i don't You're... even i don't even know if i'm jinxing it i think that's just who he is as a, a, human a given being He's fragile. He's, he's made a glass. It's some tough glass because when he gets out there, he, he kicks ass. He performs well. But, you know, judging by his past injury history, he's going to miss a handful of games this upcoming year. And I do feel more confident in Isaiah Wynn as the backup left tackle and the swing tackle than I do if – that position is left to Austin Jackson. You know, If Isaiah Wynn's not on this team and Teron Armstead gets injured and they take Austin Jackson from right tackle, move him to left tackle, I feel a little bit more confident that Isaiah Wynn can man that backup left tackle role uh, instead of turning it over to Austin Jackson because he's been a turnstile at the left tackle spot his entire career.
2: Man, we are on different sides of Dolphins Twitter. I'll tell you what. (laughs) <laughs> i swear there he looked not really single... nice though right he looked really nice in camp everyone was gushing
3: about how he looked like a you know a marvel character and they just oh, think he's man. gonna eventually be he's just gonna show up
2: and be able to block all of a sudden the the practices is like the i can't remember the term right now at the top of my head it's 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 escaping me but that song and dance of practice and you know oh man this person looks great that person looks great i mean there two two years ago i believe at this time um i can't remember his name either punter that we had before uh this past season where it was like wow dude's doing great me and al are sitting there we're talking about it like he's doing great punts are great this is going to be really good we're going to have a good guy uh absolute horrendous i i mean just could not do anything last year was like the biggest revelation because we finally had a punter and now that punter is with the jets um again oh i think they
1: are they gonna let him go i think they, they, they might just, because they just uh tried out a right
2: yeah, yeah that's messed that's up a, that's a that's a whole other can to open because that you know everything is is crazy with Ariza. Um, but yeah, you know when you're in practice, you can look fantastic, but then once once the real game starts, once the real speed starts, that's where you see kind of who's a guy and who isn't. And it feels like we we as Dolphin fans love to go and and we're looking at these guys and like wow, this dude gained so much weight. You know, he's got all this muscle. He's going to kill it. And then week one starts and two is on the ground. And you're like, wow, this guy's the so, same guy.
1: So, Kai, are you saying you'd prefer Isaiah Wynn at right tackle over Austin Jackson right now?
3: Um, I mean, Probably you made anything. It, it sounds like, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like
1: I, I and, and you know, that's not I'm not trying to set you up or take no, a shot or anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I just want your opinion because a lot of Dolphins fans would say the same. But I think a lot of Dolphins fans are just ready to roll with anyone but Austin Jackson. But when you take a look at Isaiah Wynn's tape last year at the right tackle position for the New England Patriots, he was bad. He was just as bad Redfield. as Austin Jackson was. Yeah. So, if you're signing win in hopes that he can take over the right tackle position, I don't know if you're going to be happy with those results.
2: I think that the biggest issue is that instead of signing a right tackle, we keep signing left guards and uh left tackles to try to be right tackles.
1: Maybe we just run the ball left then.
2: I Like, I, I feel like that's what we – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, I mean, we keep signing left tackles and asking them to – or guards and asking them to play on the opposite side and, or asking them to play tackle. I mean, we are drafting, you know, guys that usually play on the guard, you know, the right side of the guard that we're asking, oh, you know what, go play left. Or we're asking left, oh, you know what, go play right. And then we're asking tackles, oh, you know, you played left tackle and you were pretty serviceable there, so we're going to put you at right tackle. And then when you fail, we're just going to be like, ah, you know, it is what it is. And I think that that is is just completely crazy. Um, We're we're going to hit a break really quick and we're going to come back. When we come back, we'll talk about a, a interesting point that I want to make about because we didn't dive in too much into uh, some PR stuff with the Dolphins and kind of certain things that I would like to dive into and ask a few questions of. So we're going to hit a break really quick and then we'll be right back.
1: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or Mc Crispy Sandwich.
0: Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. That's 954-579-0356. Or visit their website at wcufl.com. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts.
2: I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to 3 Yards Per Carry. All right. And we're back. I always find it super cool uh, that Jalen Phillips kind of throws it back there and that that recording was had. Um, I, I don't know. It's just certain things. I know you're supposed to be journalism. You're supposed to have all these things. But sometimes, you know, it's it's cool to just have that kind of little audio thing in there. Um, what do you you know before we get into it? What do you guys take on on that? Like just the the fact that, you know, every time that you listen to a through PC episode, you get Jalen Phillips throwing it back to you.
1: Dude, the first time they, they rolled that out, the first time you heard Jalen Phillips on the pod, I was like
2: like really stoked about it.
1: Like Jalen Phillips is cool. He seems like a cool dude. He's, I mean, he's uber jacked. We saw that picture that was put out last week by the Dolphins. Just, I think he's got 137 abs, I counted. Um, that's, a, that's a new world record. So we're actually awesome. already leading the league in, in abs for our defensive ends. So we're real excited about that. But, yeah, no, Jalen Phillips, man, what a stud. Uh, get in on him now, man, the defensive player of the year. Is it coming? Is it coming? What do you guys think?
3: I, I hope so. I popped so hard when I first heard that. I don't know if Kai remembers, but I did a pod with him where we were doing a mock draft. And I think I wanted Micah Parsons for the Dolphins, but I ended up taking Jalen Phillips. And that was before he was even drafted. I mean, this is a guy who I, I mean, I absolutely adore. He reminds me of champ. I always make that Pokemon reference. And <laughs> we all saw that picture. We all saw that picture last week. This dude is just, uh, you know, a, a stud. So the fact that they have him sitting there throwing it back, I mean, this guy, like Merrick said, defensive player of the year potentially at some point. Already should put his uh, jersey up in the ring of honor. I mean, he's going to be a, <laughs> uh, uh, a great for the Miami Dolphin, in my opinion. So, absolutely love Jalen Phillips. Honestly, he's probably my favorite player on the team, if I'm being completely honest. Wow. Damn.
1: That's a high from, praise. From Mr. Left Armor God himself, Even, huh?
3: even Yeah, even over Tua. <laughs> I know people are probably going to be like, what? what? You turn on Tua? Yeah, to you're it? like no.
2: the, the Tua Stan, you know, you know pioneer I, there. I took
3: a step back. I took a step back. Everybody's a little too crazy for me. I
1: can't really keep up with it anymore.
2: Crazy? They're not crazy. What are you talking about? It's all—it's all very calm. Everyone is super rational on Dolphins Twitter. Everybody oh, knows yeah. that. Everyone is extremely, extremely rational. There's nobody that's ever, ever saying anything outlandish. Now I've never heard that before, <laughs> Um, especially not Tua. That's crazy. Anyways, so speaking of that, it's actually a very good point to transition into. There, you know, Tyree Kill. Speaking of Dolphins, that. You know, it can be someone's favorite dolphin. He's not my favorite dolphin, but I do have a jersey of of his credit to my uh, my girlfriend's family who got it for me. Shout out to them. But he loves to talk. Obviously, he had his podcast last year that he still kind of does uh, every now and then with uh, it's called uh, It Needed to Be Said. And he loves to talk, especially about Tua and especially about Mike McDaniel. A lot of times, some of his quotes get taken out of context. He continuously says, and I bring this up before the break, I mentioned kind of PR, and I think that it's a very, very good point to bring up with the Miami Dolphins because, and I think I had mentioned it beforehand, it seems like everybody in the media hates Miami. Miami sports in general, they just don't like Miami sports. I don't know what we did to deserve this, but it's just all around, whether it's hockey, basketball, football, baseball, well, the Marlins suck anyways, but baseball, like whatever it is, Miami is like the anti-hero all the time, no matter what. Uh, and this. Tyreek Hill, I feel like, is a very good person to have on the team, one, for how amazing he is just on the football field and how electrifying he is, but for PR purposes, because any time that he speaks, everyone is listening, no matter what, and every single time he continues to prop up, and this is the most recent quote that, per his words himself, we have one of the most accurate QBs in the NFL, and I'm sticking to my stance on that, having Tua and the offensive guru and our head coach is wonderful. How do you feel, and I'll start with you, Josh, on, I guess, one, how much Tyreek talks to the media because it feels like he does it quite often, and to have a guy at his caliber continuously pushing, saying, no, in the building, we have our guy. We don't have to look for another guy. This is the guy that's going to kind of lead us there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I love it. I mean, he's kind of like a Tua Stan a little bit, the way he's been hyping him up and being Absolutely his, you know, hype man. So um, it's a lot different than what we were accustomed to, you know, for Tua's first year or two of, throughout his career. I mean, there was so much uncertainty and a dark cloud surrounding that whole relationship there that we don't even need to get into. But, um, you know, I'm a little bit, I love that he says these nice things about Tua. I do think he does believe that he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football because we all have eyes. We can all agree that he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football. I guess uh, to me, just sometimes you just want him to, you know, not talk so much shit, right? I mean, there are times when you don't want that, you know, added attention or that, chip on your shoulder going into those marquee matchups. I mean, the Kansas City game, I loved hearing that stuff where he said how he was going to, you know, be their worst nightmare, going to Arrowhead and things like that. But um, there are definitely times when I guess you would rather him not be so vocal, but it's Tyreek Hill. He can do whatever he wants. I'm just stoked that he's a Miami Dolphin. Still, you know, some days you wake up and you're you're still a little bit surprised that he's a Miami Dolphin, right? But I I do think that he does believe in Tua Tungvalu, does believe those things he says. So anytime they put a mic in front of him, he's going to do everything
1: he can to prop up his quarterback. I'll tell you what Josh I kind of like when Tyreek Hill talks shit and maybe that's the wrestler in me and maybe that's the wrestler who wants to cut the heel promo because you love when the fans boo you a little bit makes you feel good inside. Uh, But I I like it. I like when Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, comes out and and tries to get people fired up and and you know what he's doing. He's got his brands. He's trying to promote. Like you said, Kai, he's got the podcast. It needed to be said. And he's got the, the, the clothing line, the soul runner gear. And you know, he's got the Twitch that he's trying to grow and all of that stuff. And he says he he's looking at his, uh, his life beyond football, his career beyond football. And he better be lying about that because I don't want to see Tyreek Hill play for this team for three years and then retire when he's still in the prime of his career, when he That's can still so dolphins, That so dolphins. <laughs> oh, yeah, but was but I hope, I hope it's not true though. Cause he's still toasting dudes. He's still out here reaching 24 miles an hour on, on the clock, you know, the speed clock there. So I, I want him to stick around, but I love when Tyreek Hill talks his shit and, and you got to have that. You got to have that. If you're going to be, a championship caliber football team you got to have that swag about you and Tyreek Hill brought that and it feels like it's you know infiltrating the rest of the locker room it feels like some of the guys are starting to feel the same way I mean look at the confidence that Tua had last year compared to his first two years in the league playing under Brian Flora as a coach who I mean let's be frank didn't like him didn't like him at all you heard stories coming out of of Dolphin's Land about Brian Flores just undermining Tua left and right and you know how how much truth there is to those stories we'll never know but where there's smoke there's fire so I'm inclined to believe that Brian Flores was not a big fan of Tua Tagovailoa and that kind of killed his confidence but then you bring in a coach like Mike McDaniel who at the very first opportunity he had immediately upon being hired as the Miami dolphins head coach, he started gassing up his starting quarterback and instilling that confidence in him to give him, uh, you you know, the confidence to play like an all-star QB and what did Tua do? He responded by leading the league in passer rating, leading the league in yards per completion, like being in the MVP conversation before he got injured. So you know, to have a head coach that does that and to have a star wide receiver in Tyreek Hill who does that as well. That's invaluable, you know, fake it till you make it. And I don't even know if two is faking it anymore. I feel like he he, he's feeling himself. And I think that's nothing but good things for this Miami Dolphins team.
2: So I'm a big believer in, and I guess, damn, I don't mean to date you guys, but you know, obviously I'm a part of a younger generation and I, I feel like my generation um, puts a huge emphasis on mental health a little bit more than kind of in years past. And it's kind of okay for and this, you know, just to kind of not go on a huge tangent about this, but that it's kind of okay now that, you know, men can go and talk about things and kind of talk about how they feel. And uh, it's more widely accepted than it had been in, in previous years. Absolutely, I think yeah. that mental health and I don't, you know, some people will be like, Oh, you know, two is just a pansy or this and this and that. And I think that that's crazy for me to even hear but I think that that aspect plays a lot into it because, I mean, as both of you mentioned, to have a guy like Tyreek Hill, to have your head coach, I mean, this is this is the end-all, be-all of your football team. Obviously, yeah, you have the general manager and, and the owner and everything like that. But to have your guy be there and instilling in you and having to tell you and remind you, like, hey, you are that guy. You can be that guy. That guy is there. You can lead this team to great things. You can be everything that you want to be and everything that you've been kind of promoted to be. I mean, I've I've stood on my, you know, hill of saying that before. No, actually not even before. Andrew Luck was the last quarterback that I remember that they were like, "Man, you got to suck for Luck, suck for Luck, suck for Luck." The next thing to that, and yeah, Trevor Lawrence was, well, you know, everyone was talking about Trevor Lawrence. Everyone's been talking about uh the Manning son and all this other stuff. But the next guy after Andrew Luck that was touted that big, that had that many teams watching after him, was the guy that made the Alabama entire offense change. That went from being that no quarterbacks ever do good coming out of Alabama and going into the NFL to now we have Jalen Hurts, we have Tua Tagovailoa, we have Bryce Young. We have guys that are coming out. I'm not including Matt Jones at all. That's hilarious to think about. <laughs> but we have these guys coming out now and doing something. I think that getting a head coach that's instilling in him that he can be that person and having a guy like Tyreek Hill is invaluable to just him because for whatever was said between Brian Flores and Tua and whatever, and no one will ever know, you know, besides the people in the rooms. It felt like it was more of a no. You're gonna do what I tell you to do, no matter what, all the time, at all times. And the second that you make one mistake, I'm taking you out. It doesn't matter. Instead of letting him, the learn patriot learn. way, the patriot way, right? But it just it, even in that patriot way, it just never made sense. You're gonna take nah. a guy who who was projected to be a number one pick before he hurt his hip and who was the guy, I mean, even with Burrow, obviously probably Burrow then would have still been the number one pick that season. You could have maybe flip-flopped, who knows. But you had this guy who was just, he changed the way that Alabama played football. He changed Nick Saban's thought process on football. Coming into this, like this is a guy that we felt like was going to be a guy. And it just seemed like his mental state and his mental health was completely down. He He couldn't believe that he could be that guy again. And I think that having, you know, tyreek and mike mcdaniel was invaluable for this because it just gonna is gonna make him feel better and actually be himself yeah i agree i absolutely agree and and you know like i was saying
1: it's it's that fake it till you make it thing and and i uh, again i don't think tua is faking it anymore i think he knows he's a good quarterback i think last year proves that he is a good quarterback the proof's in the pudding he went out there he was in that mvp conversation and i think if you know he wouldn't have gotten injured. He would have rounded back into form. And, you know, maybe I'm going out on a limb here, but I really don't think I am. When Tua plays, if Tua plays in that playoff game against the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins win that game. They absolutely win that game because the the talent differential between Skylar Thompson and Tua Tungvaloa is astronomical. So if they can keep Tua healthy this year, the sky really is the limit. Not the Skyler's the limit, the sky's the limit. And I think Tua Tungaloa is going to lead the Miami Dolphins to the playoffs. And I really do think that this is the year. They finally do win a playoff game since I was a for the first time since I was a sophomore in high school. And like I said, I'm about to turn 37 in three weeks. That's a long,
2: long time ago. It's it, it hurts. Uh uh any further further things you want to comment on that?
3: I, I was just gonna say that um I always say DTA don't trust anyone, and Brian Flores is definitely you know proof of that. I used to, I mean, we all were pretty hyped for Brian Flores at different times, but once you start to you know peel back the layers and hear these things, I mean, it definitely makes you you know a little bit disgusted. And you guys are both talking about what you know. The mental aspect i mean we can't even forget the whole deshaun watson fiasco and just how much that probably weighed on to us so i'm just happy that we now have a head coach you know believes in him did a cut up of what like 700 plays or whatever it was it says that this is the perfect quarterback for his offense built this thing basically around to his strengths now we just need to make sure he can stay healthy and go out there and like merrick said he keeps saying he's 37 i'm 36 i turned 37 in january so i'm not too far behind you but um <laughs> i think you're right if they if they can stay healthy execute, continue to do the things that we saw them do a little bit last season. There's no reason why the sky is not the limit for this team. And, you know, hopefully we see two a smile in there with uh ACE getting ready to go to the um, talking about going to Disney world.
2: One of these days. Amen. Uh, why Disney world, you know, Disney, Disney in Florida, you know, it's kind of clashing right now. So who knows if Disney world still even exists. You know, sometimes people like to, to get angry about stuff. Uh, don't, don't mess with the mouse. Right. Um, but anyways, like, I think that that was just a good thing to bring up just because I feel no every time that I go on on Dolphins Twitter and I try to kind of have a conversation or see things, I feel like the way that Tyreek and Mike McDaniel have kind of been trying to get people to care about the Dolphins, even people who are in Miami or just outside of Miami and give them a reason to just care besides, well, well, Tua got another concussion. So let's talk about how he should never play football again and go on. 13 different podcasts with a doctor who's a Twitter doctor and is saying all these things. I like, I think even, I mean, Mike McDaniel, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, how, how often have we seen, and it might not be directly with the dolphins, but where Jalen Ramsey is going to heat games, going to all these things and promoting them and being a fan and just kind of being where now I feel like there's a different sense of maybe not culture, but dolphins players where they're coming here and they're going, Oh wow. It's okay to like things in Miami. Like I can go support these other teams and you might get a guy who is a huge Heat fan or a girl or anybody who's a huge Heat fan. You can get someone who's a huge Heat fan, huge Panthers fan, who might not really be into you know football that much, but it could have that one impact where like, damn, Jalen Ramsey, Mike McDaniel, Christian Wilkins are here at a Miami Heat game. They're supporting us. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll catch a Dolphins game and see how it is. And that could be the Dolphins game that they play really, really well. And there you go, you have a new fan. You have someone who maybe wasn't watching football before that now is watching again. I, I just think that, Obviously, what you do on the field is very, very important, but I feel like PR and how you promote yourself just within the city and outside the city is extremely important. I think that that is something that will get you better recognition outside of your own building, basically. I don't know I if agree. anyone else has any final comments. <laughs> on it. That's
3: that's half. The, sometimes that's half the reason I'm watching these games, right? To see Mike McDaniel banging the drum at the beginning of the game, you know, seeing Jalen <laughs> Ramsey and and, you know, ex side or whatever it is. So, yeah, I agree with you, um, Kai. And I do think you can say it's a little bit of a culture change. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This Miami Dolphins team has a whole different type of swagger, a whole different type of, you know, the way they go about things now that Mike McDaniel's in-house than, uh, like Merrick said earlier, the Patriot way with Brian Flores or any of those other coaches beforehand. I mean, it just seems a lot different with Mike McDaniel. And well, we just got to hope that this is that, you know, young Don Shuler, right? Isn't that what – uh isn't that what Steven Ross wanted when he brought in Adam Gase? You know, that young head coach that he's going to have around here for the next two decades or whatever. We, I hope that Mike McDaniel continues to do what we saw in his rookie season, and we don't have to worry about a head coach, just like the Heat. You know, they don't have to worry about a head coach. How long has Eric Spolstra been there? They have no need to look at the head coaches. I want Mike McDaniel to succeed. I want this Dolphins team to succeed, and uh, I think we deserve it. Oh,
2: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Any uh I mean we're we're getting out here, we're we're rounding off and kind of ending every ending everything off. I feel like um some good conversations for our first episode. Obviously, we're gonna get into some things we you know in future episodes here in this in this month of June. Uh we want to talk about fantasy fo- uh, football with the Dolphins and kind of where you should be drafting your players and kind of how we believe because I know Dolphins fans we like to prop up our own players. I did that a lot last year with Tyree Kill, but it kind of paid off. Uh, and then in dynasty, as I mentioned to these two guys, I uh, ended up trading him for the first pick of the rookie draft, but we'll get into that in a completely different uh, episode. Um, is there anything else that you guys would like to say before we round it off here?
1: Yeah, man. I just want to say go heat, right? We got, we got the NBA finals starting on Thursday. Go heat. heat versus go nuggets. Yeah. Go heat. Go, go Panthers. Uh, I mean, Heat. they're going to be underdogs in this series against the nuggets, right? I mean, Jokic, he's, just a a phenomenal player. They're going to have to play their asses off, but what else is new for the heat? They've been underdogs in every series they've played in the, uh, in the NBA playoffs so far. What did ESPN give them a 3% chance
2: to, to beat beat this? I
1: can't even, I can't even finish the sentence because it's so comical right now. Like, like legit, like that, that, the person, the person who figured that out, the analytics department. That dude, uh, he better be on LinkedIn. Analytics. <laughs> <laughs> it was cheeks. It was cheeks. Oh yeah. But uh, let's go Heat. Let's go Panthers. And let's go Dolphins, baby. I mean, we're we're still roughly four months away from meaningful football games, but uh, it's always NFL season around these parts. Always. Fin's up. It's
3: all. That's all I can add to that. Fin's up, baby. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I you know, go Heat, go Panthers. Uh, I was thinking about going to a Stanley Cup Finals game if I could uh, try to get some tickets. But I went to two Panthers games. Uh, they were both game fours, and we lost both of them. So uh, I'm gotta stay away. myself. Yep. Uh, last night, I didn't watch the Heat game until the final minute because as soon as I turned it on, uh, uh, what's the name? Derek White hit two threes in a row. And at that point, I said, you know what? I'm turning this off. <laughs> uh, I have officially deemed myself a jinx, so... I, uh, I'm i not going to any Panthers games. I'm not going to watch Heat games for a little bit, but I'll be uh, following it, obviously, as a fan. Um, we'll be back next week. You guys will be able to listen to us, and we'll have some more things to talk about and some interesting stuff to dive into. Uh, for myself, Merrick, and Joshua. I, I interchange between Josh House and Joshua, but I prefer to call him Joshua. Um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys on the next week. See ya! Thanks, guys. Fins up. Fins up. Go Heat. Go Panthers.
1: Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
2: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
1: I got a huge assist from Grammarly